The kingdom is now. Theme of the year. That's not a bad theme. That's pretty good, Levi. The kingdom is now. Well, I think we need to remind ourselves of that. Have you noticed how fast life goes by when you're not paying attention? When you just get busy, you go down the rabbit hole, you're doing your thing. You're busy at work or you're busy with family. Maybe you've got young children. I pray for you. I really do. I love our grandkids. Every time I see them, I thank God our kids grew up. <laughs> we love our grandchildren. We really do. We love them. But you think, wow, how did we ever survive that? We have two hours of grandkids and it's like we are ready to go to sleep. <laughs> Golly. But we do, we just get busy and if we're not careful, life passes by and I think we have to have this reminder, the kingdom is now. Jesus laid down his life for people just like you and me and we are surrounded by people every day of our week. Uh, we are surrounded by people who don't know that, who haven't experienced that love, who have not experienced mercy and grace. Maybe they, they might be living their best life and they might be doing just fine, but I haven't found that to be the majority of people. The majority of people understand that, man, there's things they need forgiveness for. There's things they wish others could forgive them for. And sometimes God is going to be the only person they ever find who forgives them for what they've done. And if we don't sort of start thinking the kingdom is now, Jesus rule and reign in our hearts, it is now. Jesus rule and reign in the hearts of our community. If it's not any, any time, it is now. It is now. That's been the point of the series. And I've been focused on the kingdom within us. Remember Jesus said, don't run here or there. Don't think you're going to see it in some flashy thing over there, a flashy meeting or a, a church over here or a church over there. That's not the point. God wants to do something in you. The kingdom is in you. His lordship, his reign, his rule is in you. Or we, it's not quite frankly, or we shut the door and we don't allow it to be. And I thought it would be great in the middle of this sort of season and this series to actually do something on character, kingdom character traits. So I'm going to drop into a little sub-series within our series. Is that okay? Of kingdom character traits. And the first one I want to look at, and these are, these are character traits Jesus highlighted as being admirable, worthy and actually praised by God in us. And the first one is faithful, faithful. Matthew chapter 25, it's a great chapter. And um, uh, before we read this verse, I want to tell us a little bit of the story. So if we can knock that verse back off, if that's okay, we'll put, put you back in the dark. And... Um, uh, just to tell the whole story, most of us would probably be familiar with the parable of the talents. And Jesus is really teaching this principle of stewardship and being faithful with what we've been given. Uh, in the New King James, it says that the master gave his servants talents. One he gave five, one he gave two, and one he gave one talent to look after while he went away. And then he comes back to discover what they did with what had been given them. I actually love the NIV. It says he gave them bags of gold. No one got excited about that. You're, you're in church, so you've got your holy face on, haven't you? Who'd like a bag of gold? 
So he gave one five bags of gold, one two bags of gold, one one bag of gold. And of course, they all had different experiences, what they did with that. Two of them actually stewarded it well. They invested it. They did something with what was given to them. And they were rewarded in this verse, verse 21 and verse 23, identical wording in both verses. And, um, uh, and of course, one didn't and actually was, uh, was punished for not doing anything with it. And of course, there's a lot of hyperbole involved in this. We get in all kinds of trouble if we take metaphor too far. This is what the story's telling us. We've all been given something. Invest it, don't waste it. That's really the bottom line of the parable. So with that in mind, I want to read Matthew chapter 25, verse 21. As I said, verse 23 is identical. It says, His master replied, this is for the, ser- the servants who actually invested their talent. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The Greek word for faithful is interesting. It's exactly the same word as the word for faith, pistos. So they're the same word, but what changes the, uh, the, the way that it's rendered in English is the context. And so more than just being something to believe, it's called faithful because there's action attached to it. So it literally means, if you look at uh, this Greek word, basically it means one who keeps the path, one who stays the course, in spite of everything else, one who goes right through, stays the course, comes out the other side, exactly where they're meant to be, faithful. And I want to just give us a few thoughts out of this passage. Actually, I'm going to give us two thoughts out of this passage and one thought about our society at the moment as a bit of a sandwich today. And then I'm going to challenge us with some questions. Are you ready? Ready. You ready? Okay. First one is being faithful is about action. First observation. Being faithful is about action. Jesus said, well done, not well believed. Now, we have had a huge focus on believe for several hundred years of Christianity. Get your beliefs right. Get to heaven by getting your beliefs right. Does that sound familiar? You've got to believe the right stuff. You've got to believe the right stuff. I'm not saying we don't need to believe the right stuff. We call that orthodoxy. To be orthodox in our belief. We understand and we believe the right things. But there's another whole wing added onto that. And that is orthopraxy. That we actually practice and do what is right as well. And that is what this parable is about. It's not about the believing. It's about the doing. And doing is just so practical. James chapter 2, and most of us would have heard this. I love this passage of Scripture and the way that it's rendered right here. James chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. James says this, and we know that James was, you know, he was a pretty straight shooter, the Apostle James. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have deeds. In other words, hey, look, I know that you're good, and good at doing stuff, but I'm really good at believing stuff. 
So how about you just do and I'll believe? And James doesn't allow any room for that whatsoever. He says, show me your faith without deeds and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. In other words, faith translates into action. James is like, come on, show me your faith. How can you do it unless you do something that mirrors faith? And James is very, very clearly saying, you will see what I believe by the way that I live. You'll see what I believe by the way I respond and react and act and behave. There's the first thought. You good with that thought? Faith and being faithful is an action. Being faithful, here's an observation, has been under attack. Now there's some glaring obvious examples of this in our society I guess for a long time faithfulness in marriage has been under attack has anyone noticed that and maybe we don't get too much of it within our Christian context and circles although I think the church is just as affected by this as just pretty well everywhere else but it's been a long time since society has championed faithfulness it's championed feel good It's champion, get what you want, take it when you want, from whoever you want, whenever you want, however you want. It's championed all kinds of things, but faithfulness has not been something championed. And there would be people sitting here who have experienced the incredible burn of a lack of faithfulness, of infidelity within the most intimate of all relationships. And this isn't to bring pain back. It's not to bring shame on anyone. It's just that infidelity doesn't work. Faithfulness does. We're getting there. We're getting there. Our society hasn't particularly championed faithfulness in any way, even in garden variety commitment, Coles or Woolworths. You know, the funny thing is, maybe 20 years ago, that was a thing. You tended to shop where you preferred. And I'm not, I'm not saying there's not reasons why we don't. Someone in, in here is going, Eldy, Eldy. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter where you shop. But, but what I'm saying is those things have shifted. There's been a core shift in our society away from I will be loyal to the brand. If you notice that, there's no such thing as loyalty to the brand. And some brands have given us plenty of reason to think that way. It's the same, think about streaming services. I talk to people all the time. What are you watching at the moment? I'm watching Stan and then I'll flick back to Netflix and then I'll flick somewhere else. And there's not a sense of, well, I can understand why we don't really have any commitment to it. We can't be committed to more than a few seconds on an Instagram reel. And it's not an attention thing, it's a distraction thing. And, and how sad would it be if our Christianity became TikTok Christianity? This has just got my attention at the moment, so I'm giving it my full attention. Oh, oh, oh. Jesus has got my attention at the moment, now something, something else has so easiest for us to fall into that. You know, the funny thing is, Christians used to be called the faithful. Now, eventually it became a mocking term in our society because plenty of the ones who said they were the faithful gave reason to be criticised. 
But the church used to be the faith, the ones who, if you were one of the faithful, quote unquote, people pretty well just knew you went to church. Whether you're a believer or a Christian or not didn't really matter. It just meant you were one of the faithful. And of course, as I said, things have happened to sort of destroy that image. But man, I think it's time we reclaim it. If not now, that we actually reclaim the beauty of that word, the faithful, the people that stay the course, the ones that are there at the end of the day, not falling out when it gets a bit hot or a bit uncomfortable or a bit different. Not distracted by, well, the latest thing. Well, I was interested in following Jesus until that boy came along or that girl came along or that other thing came along. And I'll shift my whole focus to something outside of Christ. It's so easy to do. Come on, folks. It's so easy to do. I'm not, please, I'm not up here preaching as if it doesn't happen to me. I can preach it so well because I know how it works. And our society is determined, I think, in so many ways to undermine a simple concept of faithful. I don't know about you, but I want to hear Jesus say, well done, good, faithful servant. Here you are at the end of the course and all these things have happened and all the ups and downs of life, but you're still there. And I appreciate that. Because I guess in a sense, that's what Jesus did for, for me. It's what Jesus did for you. You know, I think it would have been really, really tempting when he said, don't you know that I could just call 12 legion of angels? Get out of this mess right now. I think that would have been really easy to do. But faithfulness made him set his face like flint and go right through to the cross for each of us. Faithful. Faithful. Now, I worry, do worry sometimes when I preach concepts like this in thinking about this message this week uh, that I can, I, I don't know whether sometimes I might be a little bit too subtle about what this looks like, being faithful or any sort of thing that I want us to apply, whether I just sort of talk about the concept but don't really apply it whether I get a little bit mystical or a little bit ambiguous and it's like, well, yeah, Chris, I want to be faithful. I want to be faithful. I'm not sure who, how. <laughs> well, being faithful to Jesus, I, I honestly think it's being faithful to his mission. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one thing to believe. It's another thing to do. Yeah. And believing in Jesus, well, even demons do that. Jesus said that. Oh, no, Jesus didn't. James reading both Jesus and James this week the only difference is they tremble and so when it comes to doing it's got to come back to mission and what did Jesus ask us to do as I said we're surrounded by people that may not have found the forgiveness the acceptance the love that hopefully we have many of us have have found in Jesus and so I want to make it real, real clear, the applications this morning. Is that okay? Yeah. Can I just do that? Yeah. I'm going to be really bold. If you believe in the mission, serve it, bro. <laughs> James and Georgia have got like 58 
children's leaders or something in it, something like that. Like 50-something people serve kids. That's amazing. Can we just give it up for all our kids? Okay. Are they just the ones over 18? And there's another 20 under 18 that serve our children. That's huge. Don't sit on the sidelines. People are active. People are here making things happen. And in life groups, our life group leaders, you are absolute champions. Church happening all over the city every day of the week. You are legends. But friend, if you believe in the mission, don't sit on the sidelines. Serve it. If you believe in the mission, give toward it. When it comes to being faithful, be faithful with your finances. Be faithful with your time. Be faithful with your talents and your abilities. Be faithful with that stuff. Be faithful with your tithe. Can I make it any clearer? Be faithful. Faithful is an incredible character trait that goes against the flow of the spirit of this age. Just be faithful. And if you believe in the mission, reach out. Reach out. If, if, you, if you actually, you know, if you believe that people without Christ perish, reach out. Save a few. I think about the Apostle Paul. I've become all things to all men. In one sense, he was saying, I, I don't care what I've got to do. I'll break my dietary regulations. I'll do this. I'll do that. I will look like a fool. I'll even, for Paul, I'll even look like a Gentile. I'll even look like someone who doesn't have a covenant relationship with God just to win some. I'll do whatever it takes. Faithful, if we believe in it, reach out. Don't be more committed to Netflix, the gym, or a sporting club than you are to the house of God. And you know, I just, I feel in my spirit, and I, we see bits of it around the world with sort of revival fires breaking out. And I'm very cautious with that word, but God is definitely doing some incredible supernatural stuff at the moment. Shane Willard was here recently, spoke to us about a three-year window we have where people about 12 months after a pandemic will rush to reground themselves in spirituality, not necessarily Christianity, but spirituality. And, and I think for me as a local church pastor, it's my responsibility to set the sails like we haven't done for a few years. And that's why I'm talking so straight, because that's what mission requires. If you believe that this faith community and everything that we do, whether it's on a Sunday or through the week, if you believe that is part of God's plan for you, then serve it, give to it, and reach out and bring people to it. That's how we get it done. The kingdom is now is a nebulous concept unless we put those kind of wheels on it. And I know I'm preaching to the converted. Look at you all. Sitting there looking at me. I just think we need to hear it. 
you know, the greatest distraction of the last few years has been self-focus. And I've used this passage a number of times. I've brought it up. Um, and it's Jesus in, in John chapter 4. I think it's just so relevant. Talking to people of his day, talking to his own disciples and saying, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? In other words, it's not time yet. It's not time yet. We've got to wait Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And I really believe that, church. Lift up our eyes. It's been so easy with the busyness and the this and the that. We've had restrictions and we've had all kinds of crazy stuff going on. Relationships fragmented. It's so easy to be. And Jesus is saying, Lift up your eyes. The fields are white for harvest. Here's the last thought. I want to return to that scripture. Well done, good and faithful servant. I will put you in charge of many things. In other words, faithfulness leads to increase. There's a reward to faithfulness. It's made very, very clear, very, very plain in scripture. Faithfulness leads to increase. I was just listening to a testimony of someone else about their mother who started in, um, in a big motor vehicle company when she was 18 as a clerk on a minimum wage who is now the vice president of Chrysler America. And I think, and she's worked for them for 52 years. And I think there's the reward of faithfulness. Just sticking in, sticking in, sticking in. If you'd have said to her as an 18-year-old, one day you'll be almost running this company. And we all know the vice president does most anyway. Do you think she would have believed you? Probably not. But here she is. Faithfulness brings a reward. Jesus says it so clearly. Paul says it in the book of Galatians when he talks to us about, are you sowing to your flesh and to yourself or are you sowing to the spirit and life? Because God's not mocked. You will reap what you sow. And it's not sort of some threat. It is, for goodness sake, sow to life. Don't sow to self. Don't sow to the, the small life that's all enclosed and all about me. Don't sow to that. Sow generously. And you'll reap life. So here's some questions we could ask ourselves. Thanks, Josh. Am I balancing believing right with doing right? It's not like we don't need both. There needs to be a bit of a balance there. You know, I, I think I would rather believe some of the right stuff and do some of the right stuff than believe all the right stuff and not do any of the right stuff. There's a bit of a balance in it. Uh, and I think we can actually do both. I, I think we could probably believe most of the right stuff. And we're probably all able to do, do most of the right stuff as well. Yeah. If we apply ourselves, we're pretty amazing what we can do. Yeah. Isn't it? Have you ever surprised yourself? You should have. At some point in your life, you should have surprised yourself. I never thought I'd be able to do that, but I was able to do it. It's amazing what we can do. But what happened first was you set your heart to it. Amazing what we're going to do for Jesus. Just got to set our hearts to it. 
Amazing what we are yet to see through this faith community in Toowoomba and beyond. Just got to set our hearts to it. I think we believe some of the right stuff. I think. I think we do some of the right stuff. Let's just take it all up another level. So am I balancing my believing with my doing? Another one is how am I stewarding the time, talent and treasure God has given me? How am I simply stewarding what's already been put in my hand? And that is just a great kingdom-orientated question for all of us to ask. And we could ask ourselves that every week. How am I stewarding what's been given? Because if I just get, if I go down the rabbit hole, a lot of that's going to pass through my hands before I even realised it was gone. And the third question, am I believing for increase as I practice good stewardship? Come on, we're believers. And, and I know it might seem um, it might seem noble to say, oh, I don't want any reward. Well, Jesus is going to give you one. I'm sure you're not going to throw it back in his face. But in all honesty, I think scripture like this should encourage us. I'm believing God for increase. I'm not just giving my life away for nothing. I want to reap off that. I want to harvest off that. That's, that's literally what Scripture encourages me will happen. Is that as I give myself away, as I sow myself, as Jesus said, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it just stays alone. But if it does die, it increases and multiplies beyond number. That's our lives. It's going to sow the seeds of my life. Believe for, come on, are you believing for increase? Are you a believer here today? Yeah. You're a believer. Yeah. As you sow, so shall I reap. As I give my time, so shall I reap. God will bring a time margin in my life. He'll give me wisdom to not overwork to be rich. Yeah. As I sow a seed of faith with my finances, I can believe God to open doors, to trigger events, to position me to prosper, even as my soul prospers. As I reach out, as I sow a seed of faith with my testimony, sharing a word in season with someone, sharing an, an encouragement, sharing my story in the simplest of ways, as I sow that seed, I'm believing it's going to take root. I might never see it, but I believe people that I've sown seeds into one day will come to the foot of the cross. Come on, are we believers today? Amen. Well, would you stand with me? Thank you, Father. <clears throat> well, let's just um, just take a moment with God. We've already been challenged, you know, who, who are we to be in this season? And, and I guess this word probably f- fits with that a bit. Father, I pray for us that we would recognise what you've given us. We're all different. We're all gifted differently. We're all in different stages of life, etc. But the one thing we have in common is we've got something right now. We hold life in our hands. And um, somehow we're 
we're making it through life, we're surviving, some of us are really, really thriving. Wherever we are and whatever we have in our hand, Father, we want to offer it to you today. We want to be faithful with it. We want to plant it where it needs to be planted. We want to speak where we need to speak. We want to do where we need to do. So give us the courage. Give us the courage, Lord, to hoist the sails, to be ready in this season for a great harvest of people coming to find the love and grace of Jesus Christ. And just while we're in this attitude of prayer, my friend, if you're here with us today and maybe you've never made that decision, a clear decision to follow Jesus Christ, he loves you. He certainly has a reward for you. Can't promise you the easiest life being a Christian. But uh, if, if you're here and your heart's open to Jesus right now, it's probably because you've discovered life without him isn't easy either. And friend, if that's you, if you're in this place and you're like, I want a personal connection with God through Jesus Christ. I want to know who he is. I want to reach out to him. I want to follow him. I want to give you an opportunity. Would you just raise your hand right where you are, just right where you stand, really, really quickly. I won't dwell here too long, but I want to give you the opportunity. I'll acknowledge it. Yeah, God bless you guys. It's awesome. You can put your hands down again. Any others in this place just right now? God bless you. That's awesome. Just anyone else in this last moment? I just want to pray for you all, if that's okay. Father, I thank you. Can we join our hearts, church, and just pray? Father, we just thank you for precious people who've opened their heart to you this morning. And we just pray and trust that you will meet them at that point of faith right now, that you'd make yourself near to them and precious to them, that you would take the focus of their attention in these moments and they'd see you clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And I'm going to ask uh, Isabella and Matt to come. Pastors Isabella and Matt Betts, and they're going to just tell you what you can do next. Thank you.